Coming up on Mount Hermeneutics, Gen Z is the least religious generation in American history. Well, we have a Zillennial TikToker here to help us sort through that. And if there's a way we can bring them back. So keep it right here. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the divine council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts, but you better believe we'll have a take and perhaps it won't suck. Brian, no means no. I'm just kidding. We're sorry. We're sorry. Please come back. Feel attacked. Feel attacked. Well, you guys are always bullying me. Stop being wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Way ahead of you, man. <laughs> I beat you there. Hello, and uh, I am Andre. You can hit me up at, uh, at SuperDre on Instagram. Brian, what's up? Hey, Andre. Doing good. Sorry, I just kicked the computer, and it just made everything shake. Sorry. You can cut that out, Matt. It was your awesome presence. That's all it was. It was so just what it was. Thanks for playing. Oh. Thanks. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, looking forward to the show. Not a lot hasn't lot, lot a lot's been going on this week. So or this weekend. So it's been kind of quiet. My son just came back from uh, camp. Um, he he wasn't. This was his first time to not be there as a child, but to be there as a a college adult. And I'm using air quotes um, because wow. we'll we can agree that he's over eighteen, but he's far from an adult. <laughs> Um, so that's pretty much my story and I'm sticking to it, but, uh, yeah, so my catch me on, uh, on Twitter on X at Matt Moore handles in my, uh, my screen name here. So, uh, we're excited to have a guest, uh, a, a Ms. Briar Bibbs. Hi, hey, Briar. Welcome to the show. Hi. So Briar, who, who are you? What do you do? Yeah. Um, I'm a barista by occupation um aspirations i'm a writer so i write mostly poetry i've written novels here and there nothing published yet i am working on uh self-publishing a poetry novel and i'm a part-time college student at community college no big deal just a couple of books just a few <laughs> novels here and there <laughs> oh and i'm andre's daughter oh hey yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of just tack that on there at the end. And, I mean, and, and, be... and you know my dad, right? And, yeah, you're familiar with him. So, so we got issues with her. Come at me. right, right. <laughs> so, um, are are you also? Um, I think I have a pretty pretty cool granddaughter that's been around for the last three years, right? Yeah. So, so she's also a mom, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so a writer, oh, mom, absolutely. daughter. Uh, student, student barista, barista. Yeah. she's all over the place she's doing things and uh i mean if you you could probably catch her uh briar r rose on tiktok and instagram uh, links will certainly be in the uh, description below uh she's had quite a following in, in the past well cool so hey briar thanks for being on um we've i don't we've been doing this show now for a little you know three four months and we, we try to touch on different kind of set of topics. We, we touch on things that are somewhat pop culture as pop culture is three 40 mid 40 year old, you know, gray men could be 
up on pop culture, but we try to stay current on those things. And the bulk of our shows tend to have a pretty heavy religious slant. Um, and obviously, as you, you can imagine, our families, our kids, our spouses come up in our conversations and uh, you came up as a topic of interest. And so we thought it'd be cool to have you on and you graciously, graciously accepted. We appreciate that. So one, thanks for being on. Um, but we really just kind of wanted to, one, if you don't care, a little bit of back and forth Q&A, um, just some kind of some base questions that can kind of turn into some conversation starters and then kind of see where the conversation goes. And if you've got any questions or thoughts that you want to throw at us, I think that would be, um, as the Aussies say it, fair dinkum uh, to go a little, do a little back and forth. So uh, that's cool. Like we just jump into it or did you want to kind of give a high level background of kind of your what brought you through the uh, the last some 20 odd years of your existence or um, I think if you just start with questions I'll be able to narrow it down okay that's fair figure out yeah all right because you have me going on a spiel of my past 21 years of life hey it's we've done it this, this is this is an open platform I mean, yeah we're, we're, sure. we're kind of the owners of the show so we can kind of do what we want to do with it and if our listeners don't like it they can they can as brian likes to say they can shut their holes and they'll be banned from the I show i don't say that yeah, well i've got you one record is saying it <laughs> i might have said it one one time you did apologize afterwards but i might have taken that out of context <laughs> okay yeah so was, uh yeah briar welcome to the show Right. Well, uh, I, I, I opened the show with with Zillennials are the least religious uh, generation in, in American history. And it's it's kind of by a lot. Um, and it's it's gone down through the generations. And us three sitting here are Generation X. Millennials are less religious than us. And and uh, and Gen Z is even more less religious uh, by by like 30 percent. So we we keep going down. And I'm I'm just uh, there's there's kind of a common thread on on why but i'm i'm curious to to hear why um why you think that people who are young kind of kind of walk away from from religion and and keep in mind that um it, it's kind of trendy now that people still believe in god or a higher power but organized religion really is is the rub with with most the, the last couple of yeah. generations anyway i i think that I agree that that's the major issue with the youth is organized religion. I think that uh, most Gen Z are not necessarily left-leaning, but not conservative and conservative in its definition, not the uh, the political party, but like conservative, like conservative as in traditional and and whatnot. Do you guys understand what it what I'm saying? I, I, I think I get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think that um, just the concept of organized religion, a lot of Gen Z can't get behind. Um, if you look at um, like the Catholic Church and um, its stats on like molesting children, that's an issue with the organization of of the people in the church, not Catholicism, right? Like that, that's a problem with who's being put in power. And um, I think that where Gen Z is a little bit 
less constricted with with how they live their life they believe in like um identity and being more free where religion and organized religion has more of a I lost my train of thought but so when you say they like like standards like it, growing up mormon they use the word standards a lot like the standards of the religion which i think that a lot of gen z people don't want to follow standards if that makes sense so when you say uh gen z doesn't get behind organized religion do you, is it mm -hmm. you just don't see the 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 value or the relevance or is it that you're actively opposed to it a little bit of both i think that um i don't believe necessarily in, in uh god myself but i think that uh the major issue is that there's like false prophets and there's people not properly teaching the word of god if there were to be one um and i think that that's the major issue i think that um though there are great people that i was raised with in the church i think that a lot of the lessons i was taught are wrong it, and I don't. I don't want to like turn this into yeah. like a like a clinical theology class. So I don't. I don't want to get into like you know quoting verses and that. But do you have an example of what you just said of like lessons that you think were wrong? And and high yeah, level, you don't have to be like hyper specific, but just yeah. Like at a broad um, level. I think um, lessons on marriage and like gender roles. Lessons on um, what it is to be gay and basically talk about, oh, love gay people and you're not sinning as long as you don't act on it. Uh, I have an issue with that. I have an issue with um, in the Mormon religion, women can't hold the priesthood, which is like a place of power. Um, I, these are all things that I wouldn't teach my own child. Um, um, what else? There's, there's lots of things um well that's a lot and that's that's fair yeah, i mean those, yeah. those, and, and, know, like, and like i, I said no go ahead um i do think gen z has a lot of unwarranted hatred towards religion like excessively <laughs> um hmm. i think that there are good things about religion and as I've like gone through this whole agnostic like journey um you know I went through like a phase of like hating all religion and like um like oh like don't bring church around my daughter at all blah 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 blah, blah. but I think that that's also on like the flip side of churches is too indoctrinating I think removing religion from her life completely is just as indoctrinating. Hmm. If that makes that's, sense. A, that's an interesting point because uh, as you were as you were explaining mm -hmm. the the Gen Z position on religion, it it sounds like the, the 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 fundamental problem is that the the values that you hold toward life conflict with those taught by organized religion. religion. So mm -hmm. you got so 
in essence, you you were growing up, you were inculcated with a set of values somehow that was in conflict with with your religion, which meant you were getting them from somewhere else. Um, which is uh, anyway, that's kind of a bigger topic than. I mean, I think that's I think that's the issue here, but there's there's probably a lot more you have to to say about your your own perspective and I don't want to derail it. Mm -hmm. But we'll put a pin in that for later, guys. Um yeah, I think I think um organized religion is the number one thing cuz I've also I have kind of like what um my dad was saying that there are legends see people that believe in God and a higher power like I have friends that say they believe in God and they have like a, their own relationship with God, but they don't go to church because they don't agree with necessarily the lessons that are being taught at church. Well, there's a guy in a black shirt that you're talking to that shares that opinion. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, are you talking about my... me? Yeah, I was talking about you. This is, is this it... is green. Is it really? Yes. It was a green lantern, green lantern symbol. symbol. I'm clear that it was a green lantern symbol. I was going to wait until after this this sec segment of one comment on Brian not wearing a Superman shirt, but I was going to ask the significance of the black lantern because I wasn't familiar with that. <laughs> there is a black lantern, but it but this isn't. The, uh... Your lighting is so dark in there, brother. It looks wow. green. It looks black rather. All right. Well, I'll note it. I'll I'll work yeah. on that for next time. Clearly, I know it's the Green Lantern because that's my favorite comic book superhero in the DC universe. But now mm -hmm. we're getting off into a terrible tangent, and Briar's like, um, "Hello, I'm still here." <laughs> Briar, Briar, what's your what favorite? What's your favorite superhero, Briar? Ooh, that's there's a lot. I like a lot. Uh, Spider Man. That's not the way favorites oh, work. <laughs> I don't have. I don't think I have a favorite anything. That's such a narrow view. Mm. What are what are ones you like? Spider Man. I like any female superhero. Like almost <laughs> all of them out of out of biases. Um, so I you like... would you would pick She Hulk over the Green Lantern? No. Okay, good. But I would pick. <laughs> I was going to end this this conversation. I was going to pick. To be fair, I didn't. I I don't know her comic. I didn't that's like that's show. all the, that's that's a valid answer that's oh. that's the correct answer by the way and there are female <laughs> green lanterns there are female green lanterns a, i was that was I, my next i point. know like, that aren't there multiple green lanterns but i thought this was going to be like i was going to ask Briar to name her top five WNBA players <laughs> she, she doesn't really do the sports ball yeah. definitely not the shooty hoops right yeah um are you guys familiar with the show young justice oh yeah yeah i i used Artemis. to love that show I used to love that show. The first That's two seasons. Favorite. Yeah, I, ha I haven't watched the last two. Uh, so, but Kid Flash, that's my favorite adaptation of Robin. Um, Artemis. <clears throat> yeah. Just, I found I, it, I found the whole series quite whelming. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? Not over, not so under. It just Robin round. on Young Justice it was, says It was that. right on the whelm. It's a reference <laughs> from the Oh, show. is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they got it, and we're they like, oh. "Yeah." You guys I thought are... he was just trying to be funny with the words, like you know, <laughs> not over, not under, just whelmed. You guys are, it's you guys are too old for this stuff. I, it's I, I think whelming. Should, we should use that in in in, in common language. Yeah, I think I'm not sure that. why we don't. How how can something be overwhelming 
or underwhelming if we don't know what the line of whelm is. That that was the point being made by by yeah. Robin and by the Robin. Uh, and the pilot episode. I, t- I I actually dig that a lot. No, yeah. it's actually it's like incredibly written. Like I it was my favorite show as a kid, and I rewatch it as like an adult, and I'm like this like. It was incredibly have, written. It's like incredibly written. The fact that it was canceled is a crime. No, it 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 uh, it. I think it's in its fourth season now on HBO Max. Yeah, but, it was. But it's terrible. Absolutely terrible now. Around. Brian is a very harsh critic when it comes to writing. So no, it really is bad. And 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 writing of comic books, especially writing comic book adaptations. And uh, and I'll tell you, if he reads your your book or your poetry and he gives it even a a thumb sideways, that means you did a really good job. If he's whelmed by it. If he's whelmed by it. (laughs) I'm I'm not that harsh a critic. On uh, other people's writings, I I guess, but uh, yeah. Did you so? Wait, what do you mean you're not that harsh on other people's writings? Then how the hell are you an editor? Well, if they work for me, I am. Well, if it's uh, anyway, we're getting off topic. So, uh, <laughs> Briar, tell us all your thoughts on God. All my thoughts on God. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just Isn't trying to get us back on that's, track. That's a, that's a line to a song, isn't it? yeah yeah, i last year i took um an intro to moral philosophy class and um so my thesis paper was uh why there's no moral foundation in god it's kind of controversial so because we we had a um we had a unit on whether god was real or not real and basically, this is what made me um, identify as agnostic instead of atheist, because it's really hard to prove that something doesn't exist. Like you, it's almost impossible to have proof that some that something doesn't exist, because it's just because there's an absence of it doesn't mean that it's not real. From an engineering think, point of view, that is in fact impossible. Yeah, and. Um, and just there's so much about the world and the universe and things outside of our control that we don't understand that it seems kind of silly to say that there is no God, like it's impossible for there to be a God or some kind of higher being. And where I think that there could be a higher being, I don't necessarily think that makes like the entire Bible true, which is why I align with agnostic and not hmm. atheist um i mean there's so many religions that exist and if you look at pretty much all of them at some point they kind of cross paths in in beliefs uh, and that might just be our human existence trying to cope with our own understanding of, ex- mm-hmm. of existence the, the three of us actually have a pretty pretty strong theory as to why there's all that inter interaction and interlinking. You should listen to all of our other episodes and <laughs> um, <laughs> and Brian's and written guess, a couple of blogs about it. <laughs> I guess this is yeah. where my take gets pretty controversial. I think that if God is real, he's an asshole. That's that's, uh, that's a common sentiment among your your generation. Yeah, it's like, uh, then he's a dick. Hmm. Expand right. on that. Why is he dead? Um, kind of, I guess, the 
like the theory of evil. Pro the problem of evil. Uh, the problem of evil. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming you know what that is. Mm -hmm. We we, we did it. We actually did a show on this, Briar. And, uh, so, no, yeah. and, and I'm not trying to yeah. be funny about it. Yeah. It's just so I, I would love it if you'd go back and wa listen to that show specifically. Uh -huh. And we can get into it here, but I don't I don't know. And I mean, we can kind of talk about it, but uh -huh. re rehashing an entire show could be a little tough, yeah, but, it might, but it might also it. be worth it. No, 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 no. I just uh, threw it out. I'm assuming you know I, what I mean by that. Well, the reason I'm saying this and I, and I jumped and I jumped mm -hmm. in to talk is because I premised that show with my personal theory that I believe the problem of evil is the number one reason that people walk away from Christianity. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I made a, I have to look fast. I wrote it a year ago, but I made a point where, um, you know, God made the universe and this plan and like us to be here and it's outside of like things we can't control. Like we have to experience these things to understand whatnot. Um, I think is a common Christian belief. Um, I guess my take is like, well, if he was all good, why? Like why, if he could, if he could create bliss, why? Like, then he should do that. If, if he can create all things, if he can. Like, why wouldn't he create us with an understanding? So that, that was your, uh, that was your thesis? No, I had more. I have to look at, like, I wrote it a year ago. So I don't, uh, I wrote more. Oh, your thesis I was, started... uh, why God is not a, the foundation for morality. Yeah. Why, um, I talked about the difference between, um, Omni benevolent and um oh what's the big three omniscience guys... om, om, omni omniprescience omniscience and omnibenevolent all yeah. loving all powerful and yes 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 um i basically kind of talked about how um he couldn't be all three and then i you know brought up the the problem of evil which we won't rehash because you guys. Well, so we can go, I mean, go ahead and, and clarify yeah. from, your, from your perspective. I mean, it's it's totally fair. I didn't I didn't mean it. To I say also that way. like I, just... I yeah. I also use like quotes from my textbook. Like I probably should have re reread the essay. But before, but, but Briar, go ahead in in your words. Like restate the problem. I mean, that's is that is that your restatement of the problem of evil? If 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 God was, then why or how does he? Yeah. The, the Epicurean dilemma is the. It's basic. Basically, like. Um, if he was all loving, why would he create evil? Like, why is there so, suffering so at let, all? So let me, like, let me, let me ask you this. What, why, what, what leads you to say that he's the one that created the evil? Like what define evil? What, evil, what do you mean when you say suffering? Like suffering, uh, physical suffering, mental suffering, just pain right. in any aspect, right. famine, death. Mm -hmm um did 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 you have you made anything to eat today uh i had a grilled cheese right i'm, I'm trying to be funny yeah yeah, yeah, did, yeah did god make the grilled cheese or did you make the grilled cheese i made the grilled cheese right. but in theory god made me well right but so but you can't blame him on every derivative thing that's created right so like what if what if you were lactose intolerant and you made a grilled cheese and then you ate it yeah would then you sit there and curse god for your stomach hurting 
Or would you curse yourself for being a dumbass and eating a grilled cheese sandwich? Hey, hey, well, why did I guess uh, like why why did God make me to be lactose intolerant? Did he? He created me. I, I, but I'm, I'm getting at did he? Like there's did there's he? so th th that's what I'm trying to know. say is like the theory on lactose intolerance has to do with with uh, regional genetics and 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 uh, like derivative well, evolution, he right? The Earth and evolution and all of science. Sure. But he didn't create every single pairing that happened, right? Yeah, but doesn't like, he create like God, the plant? God so, didn't, make, hey, God didn't hey make you the color that you are. Your dad and your mom did. I, but he made my parents. And he created the plan for them to meet and to make me. Maybe, if you believe in Calvinism. Hey, hey, hey Matt. Do are do we want to cross examine her at this point, or I'm having a conversation. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to prove her right no, or wrong. No, I'm just having I, a conversation. You know, like I'm not. I, I I think like isn't that the point of God? Because so, I think it, both things go back and like go back and forth. If it's like, um, I, another thing Gen Z people talk about is they think like God's narcissistic. Like he created this place for us to worship him but he took away our understanding of him that we had to like but if we don't worship him then we don't get to go to heaven um uh, yeah all, all the stuff that you're saying like i it's mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's stuff that the the three of us have, have heard before um i'm sure i think it i think it's an indictment on it's much more an indictment on the, the the overall church than it is on God, because um, these things are these things are the narrative of the Bible explains all the, the all these things pretty well. Like if you're if you're mm -hmm. if you just read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, though, like those all of those difficulties and questions are resolved. Like why there's evil and why God created the the world the way that He did. I mean, the the short answer is free will. He wanted us to be able to to love, and um, you have to have free will to be able to love. If you have free will, it means you can make other choices that aren't loving. Um, but this isn't the permanent state of the world. He's he's going to fix it. The whole point of the narrative is to is to is to remake humanity starting with starting with the church and culminating when Jesus returns and establishes God's kingdom on earth and which I realize isn't it's it's not emotionally satisfying on this side of those events when when we're suffering but that's why that's why it's important to kind of to you know have these things taught positively and and to uh kind of incorporate this worldview so that you're prepared for those kinds of for for suffering when it happens but I, the fact that these objections are so widespread it, it just speaks to the failure of churches to teach christianity and the bible um because these are not these are not difficult questions for people who are versed in the Bible to answer. It's just that so few people are versed mm -hmm. in the Bible that they seem like they seem like novel thoughts to to Gen Zers. Um, but it's uh, they're you know they're thoughts that should have been resolved in childhood, but you know ch churches don't teach that stuff. They kind of teach this uh, well. I could go, I could get on my soapbox and go all night criticizing the church. So I have to, 
have to deliberately stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's a fair point, right? I saw a quote, I heard a quote today that said that generationally, when th- things die over generations, they, uh, I forget how it started, but essentially it said, if things are a requirement to one generation, they, they sometimes become optional to the next generation. But if things are optional to a generation, they become unnecessary to the following generation. Right. And I, I wonder, because I'm always really hesitant to blame a generation, right? Cause generations to actually, you just said it, Brian, generations only do what they were taught. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Whether it was intentional or not. Um, so if, if we collectively, even the fourth person here is going to say, well, you know, generation Z generation, you know, M X, Y, Z. Well, that's because they learned it from previous generations. Um, whether it was an intentional act or not, is doesn't matter. Right. Um, so religion, going to church, being religious, being Christian, whatever any of those things mean, um, has be it's been a it's been slipping. It's been it's been slowly dying generationally. And I'm Brian, I don't disagree with your point that a lot of that is simply because the church has done such a bad job. Well, right. That, I think that well, that's probably something we can all agree on, honestly. Yeah. Because I, I'm not completely against the idea of God. I'm not completely against the you know what's written in the bible and if it's you know how true it is i think that the major issue is how religion is being taught in churches how it's being packaged and how you're consuming it yeah um something that i i want to talk about i was uh it was a conversation i was having with um layla's father and you know how how are we going to raise her and and we want to be in agreement on what she is and isn't allowed to do so um that's a good that's a good parenting start you know there's there's no conflict there and um you know we both agree we don't want to raise her to be religious we don't want to raise her in the church but i was like posing a question um in my coffee shop every i think it's either every thursday or every tuesday um there's a group of teen boys they come in it's for young life and they get like white mochas and they play uno at 7 a.m. and then they they do a Bible study and you know I'm like I'm like asking him what's wrong with that you know these these kids are in a safe place they have a community they have a safe place not like physically but a safe place emotionally they're you know they there's you know two men with them that they view as father figures as you know role models and so I'm like what is wrong with this you know like if Layla comes to us and is, is like this Christian girl invited me she's to like time, I want I want a white mocha and I want to play Uno yeah like are, are we gonna <laughs> let go because of, of our opinions of the church you know like I don't think that that is correct either you know I I think like I want I want Layla to feel safe as much as possible so a couple, Brad, couple, first of all, I think that I, I, I get it. And I, I appreciate one, your comment that you're open to the idea of God. I think that's a, 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 a slightly more mature and intelligent view than what most well, agnostics have. So I, I appreciate you saying me, that. It took me a while to get there. So it's kind of like I went through steps, right? I think um, eighth grade, I gained like consciousness in my own religion. I, I felt like 
I was like woke, but like two. It was like the first time I was like, "Can I cuss on you? Do you guys care?" Yeah, yeah, we're okay. Say whatever you I was want. like, I was like, "What the fuck do I even believe in?" Like genuinely, like what? What does it even mean to be Mormon? Like I've just been Mormon my whole life. It's just something that I've said. It's just something I've I've explained. But what what is that? What does that mean? What do I believe in? And I like, I didn't want to be Mormon anymore. And my mom took me to a Buddhist temple, and we talked about it and all of that. And as I was entering high school, it became very difficult because now I was in a position where I didn't fit in the, at church because I was too bad for the church girls, but I didn't fit in in my high school. I didn't fit in with the cheerleaders because I was too goody teachers. I was too Mormon for 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 high school. And um, so that became like a difficult thing for me. But then I established a relationship that I had with God at a time. And I really enjoyed religion probably around sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, I went to girls camp and I was, I was in the trouble girls cabin is what the other girls called us. <laughs> it was, it was um, my youth leaders were the party girls. Uh, they all called them sluts for wearing shorts that went above their knees. And I, how dare was in, you? Yeah. One girl in my cabin was lesbian. One girl was Hispanic. And then she brought her friend who was a non-member. But we all had really interest at nighttime when, you know, the lights went off and we were having girl talk. We all had really interesting conversations about our relationship with God. We're, we're all girls that were considered too trouble for, for the other Mormon girls, but we all loved Jesus. So it was really fascinating to me honestly um and i think that, that like what's being taught in church is stripping that from young people um but then um i i sort of had to break away from that when i had my daughter because um i had to mature very quickly you know uh i had to figure out what it, what the things are that i'm going to teach her and i'm still trying to figure that out but You'll always be trying to figure that out, by the way. Right? That's that's a it. that's a fair reality. Like um, none of I us have it figured to, out. I had to figure out if I was going to raise her in the church. I had to establish that. And I, I came to the consensus that I didn't want to because um though there was a time that I did have a relation like I enjoyed it, it brought on other issues for me. I didn't it brought on a lot of um personal shame i don't know necessarily if that's god's fault or the people that taught the religion's fault or my own fault or kind of all of it but um i came out as bisexual at 19 and the the first time i ever liked a girl i was seven so it was not like something that was new but it was something that i suppressed about myself um, I partially, I think, at the hands of religion and then, you know, what's what's taught about LGBTQ. And then there's my thoughts on feminism and gender roles and all of all of that stuff that we talked about earlier that that isn't an environment I want my daughter to be brought up in. I don't want those things to be taught to her on a daily basis. 
there's a there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I have one starting question that I want to I want to mm-hmm. jump back to. So you said a couple of things that I find to be hard to reconcile. And you said you talked about in the eighth grade, which I'd like to dig into, by the way, you kind of mm-hmm. asked yourself, what is it I actually believe in? Like, what does this mean? And then mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of made a comment that you didn't like or didn't agree or you weren't good with where you thought you were versus what you thought you believed. So I'd mm-hmm. like to dig into that. But before I move on, um, or before you move on, you said you talked about when you went to this camp and that you and the girls and that you had these great, these good conversations and you kind of all had unique, different, but similar relationships and ideas about God and Jesus. And that you had this different relationship with him. But then before all of this, you said you don't believe in God. So do you not believe that you had a relationship or do you just not accept religion for what it is so you're struggling to understand who god is or did you Um, have a false relationship and i'm not trying to put words in your mouth Mm -hmm. either i just yeah those don't those don't connect right so it's um i think it's evolved over time so what i mean with my relationship with god was who i believed god was or what god was uh at the time of being 15 Mm -hmm. and um, i'm sort of using god as like a a broad i think there's many definitions Oh, what it is that I'm kind of using it as a, as a broad census. Um, but I now my relationship has evolved into, well, now I think he's an asshole. But so thinking he's I an think, asshole is different than not thinking he exists. So do you, so I, I, uh, um, I guess I, I should clarify what I mean by I don't believe in him is I don't right. believe in following him. Okay. That's, as, that's, that's like very, that's, a, that's like entirely you different. You believe so he exists, I, I, but you don't have any faith in him. Yeah, I think he could. I don't think. I, I like I said. I think it's well. Again, like, either he does. He, he's either an asshole or he's not. He can't maybe be. He's well, not if like. He, you, if he if he exists. Okay. He's an okay. Uh, I'm not denying. I I think it would make me sound. I think atheists sound pretentious. Like you know for a fact God doesn't exist, really. Like. How does that I, make you? I, I can respect that position. Person that knows for a fact that God does exist. I think both are. Hmm. Like, like I said, it's impossible to prove that something doesn't exist. Yeah. So can we go back to the eighth grade? Yeah. I, just, Sorry, Brian. I just I just want to ask that one. I just want yeah. to get her to clarify that one thing. Did well, you have a Did you have a follow on question there to, that? before we jump around too much? Uh, I had, I had a couple, but I just wanted to state for the record that I'm, I'm relatively certain God exists. So, uh, <laughs> I, I also but, want uh, to point out that I found it intriguing Briar, that you said I was in the bad girl group because there was a girl who was a lesbian and there was a Mexican. And I'm not sure that you meant that to come across that way. Like she was bad because she was Mexican. Uh, I think I was kind of pointing, saying that was, what the other girls were saying oh because she wasn't so, white like the rest of the mormons at yeah, the, cha- the so camp gotcha it, okay okay made racist assumptions okay got it not me <laughs> okay I, I, I didn't assume so that's why i wanted to clarify yeah. that okay so but, back to the eighth grade back to the eighth grade um what about so, it so you right. said that you basically kind of had an awakening and you were like what the heck do i believe in and mm-hmm. then you kind of alluded to you 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 figured it out but you didn't like it 
could you could you put so, some can I ask um, one kind of clarifying question just to kind of provide some uh, a little more texture here? Did you did you go to any like authorities in your church and kind of with with any of these questions or was this yeah. all just internal? Yeah, she said her mom took her to the temple to to deal with all to of the, that. I'm sorry. Um, I thought yeah, I thought I had, you said she I, had, yeah, I thought I had, you said I she took you to the Buddhist temple. She she did. She did. So oh. she yeah. She she uh she took her to that and some other things I'm like hey if you if you don't if you if this isn't resonating with you maybe there's something that does oh or maybe I can you can go see that and then you can understand better what it is that we believe by seeing the rest of the world and I know I know I'm sitting here quiet and um it's interesting because I actually know all of these stories right right and I and I have a I have a perspective on them that I, I don't I don't even know if Briar knows that I that I have. Um so so when I hear it back and I hear it in her words, you know, it's it's sort of tough because one of the authorities that that she did not go to was was her father. So so it 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 is and, and perhaps that's my fault for not being a member. Um so uh the the perspective on God, even though we've had tons of conversation i mean this is a, this is a girl that goes to seminary class at 06 in the morning so every every morning we you know we ride in the car for at least 15 20 minutes and have those kinds of pre-talks or or just talks about you know life in general which which i cherish and miss by the way young lady um and and i i think i i think that maybe in in, in my household the fact that uh, my children were raised in a religion that, that I didn't, that I didn't necessarily subscribe to, but supported uh, in in that way due, for my marriage, um, that that maybe uh, you know as as head of household, I I wasn't the one that was that was come to in in these in these situations when when really if I had interjected beings that I have the same type questions and I've gone through the same things and um, also, you know, for, for at that point, 20 years before she was even born dealing with the same uh, religious people and the same whiteness of it and the same, you know, I, you know, I, I have those, those, those same ills. And I think, I think I perhaps, could have uh, took some of the edge off of that, but uh, guys, go ahead and uh, with your <laughs> with your with your with your questions. I just want to chime in a little bit from a from a personal experience. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Trey. I think opening. Um, so Mormons, they practice something that's called testimony meeting, and it's the the first Sunday of every month. People go up and they bear their testimony, which in theory is a very beautiful thing because you hear, you know very beautifully people's faith in God. My issue, my number one issue with this is children go up, but they don't go up by themselves. They go up with their parents and their parents whisper in their ear and tell them what to say and tell them what to believe in. And you have children just reiterating the speech of, I believe the prophets, the true prophet. I believe in the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. I believe in sacrament. I believe that, that God is real. But those children don't believe those things. Those children are being told to say that. That's that's it, not faith. It, it does. That, it does feel uh, indoctriny. Yeah, um, it's it's eerie, and I think that that was the first time that, that like I I was like awake to it, and I witnessed it, and I was like, hold on, 
do I believe those things? Have I even read the Book of Mormon through? We didn't read it in our house. We didn't have, like, um, and I'm not, like, blaming my parents that they weren't good enough Mormons because we didn't sit down every day. Well, and, and Dre's a pretty Mormon shitty Mormon. <laughs> you know? Um, not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I didn't even know. I didn't know the stories of Nephi and the, the Lamanites. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know the structure of the church. I didn't even know how the prophet came about. Like I didn't know anything, but or or, you know, or if I, he is the prophet, right? Yeah, and I claimed that all of these things are true, but I had no idea. And then freshman year, and I started seminary. We read the New Testament, and I actually love the New Testament. I actually love Jesus as like a. I just don't believe he's God. But Jesus as like a person in history, right? As as a as a prophet, as um, a leader, as a religious person, I think Jesus is super cool. Um, and I started to get really into the New Testament, and um, that's when I, you know, started to redevelop this faith as I started to have my own beliefs um, that aligned. Jesus will do it to you every time, right? Well, Jesus is cool. Like, who hates <laughs> Jesus? You know, like, like terrorists. Terrorists. <laughs> As like a Gen Z, you guys are trying. And to I don't even say that culture, flippantly. Like, I say that literally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, like Gen Z terms, like he slays. You know, like he eats. <laughs> you probably have no idea what I'm saying, but like, <laughs> I, I I actually do. I just never thought I would hear those words <laughs> I put together the in a one. sentence that. He eats, not visiting. He's, <laughs> right. he's serving. Right. <laughs> huh. I think the yeah. only the only pop culture term I can't get I can't use properly is it's giving. It's giving. Mm -hmm. My glasses are, are it's it's giving studious. Yeah. It's yeah. giving. Yeah. Mm. I struggle with that one. <laughs> I I don't I I've never heard that and I I don't think I like, want to know. I don't. Brian's think I want. it's it's giving Unabomber. That's what that's what Brian's lighting is doing right now. He's giving yeah. he's giving Unabomber. You know what I mean? So, no, I'm saying. Well, he's giving the Riddler from. So so it's it, the it, it's the glasses. It's I can't in the lighting and the color and the contrast. All right, who cares? Let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk about something of substance here. Yeah, um, I guess so. So question. Brian, in our in our pre in our pre conversation, I think you were more accurate than I was about about the approach here, given the the direction of the conversation. So, I was in what in what regard? I, I, I'm not going to redo right. that live, like the right. conversation we were having in our chat. But okay. I was giving you a recorded. You're right. Take oh, take right. them in. I'll yeah, take yeah. it. I just we but we had a lot of conversations. I just don't. I don't know specifically what specifically what you mean, but. I'll take it. Sure. Um, so I, I think the larger issue here is, uh, I mean, you were talking about how religious people kind of there's there's shame for certain things and okay. that kind of pushes you away. And it, it, it kind of, I don't think, I mean, religious people don't have a monopoly on that. And I think the main, the real issue here is that sure. you've, you've got, um, 
and this isn't anything unique to to Mormonism. It's you know Christianity mm-hmm. um, also, or or Islam, or any other religious system. You know, they have their standards. They have they have their morality that they inculcate, and they, you know, they condition you into it by approving of you of you when you comply with it. They shame you if you don't. Um, that happens it's any up, culture setting anywhere. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. like, and it, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of the values that you have that conflict with what is taught in churches, um, the LGBT issues, feminism, um, the gender roles, stuff like that. Well, that's also a moral system. I mean, if I'm sure in your peer group, if somebody said something that was perceived as anti-feminist or anti-LGBTQ, mm-hmm. well, they're going to be shamed and stigmatized. They're going to be shamed. I, yeah. So, I, I, but it, I think that's, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I just, I thought that was worth noting because there's, you didn't say this exactly, but it kind of, it kind of fit into the pattern that you usually hear of like religion is bad because they shame you for, mm-hmm. for this or that. But it's, you know, these people are good because they accept me for, but it's really just, it's the same thing. It's just that you comply with their, their moral standards and don't, don't comply with the others. And Right. Uh, and kinda, I think that is, that is true in any setting you go in, right? So that's why as, as a person, if I'm in a, a group, a community where I feel shamed, I'm going to exit. And that doesn't necessarily constitute religion bad, you know, working at a coffee shop good, but it, where I'm comfortable and, and where I yeah. seek happiness. So in, you say you feel, you felt shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you, you couldn't really pinpoint exactly where that came from because it, it could have been a combination of, of several things, things. or it, it could have. I did remember one specific. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> me, can I ask, ask, uh-huh. was it more of your peer group or was it, leaders because i can i can list women off the top of my head that i if if they did treat you like that or say anything like that to you i would be shocked and i i can also say that the the two bishops during that period of time i would also be shocked so um so i guess uh one thing uh, because i feel like you really did have female mentors the the youth the youth leader and a, and a couple of uh, wives slash mothers that were, they were in there mm-hmm. that, that you really related to and even, yeah. even came to with your pregnancy and they, they didn't make you feel shame at all. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, so, I, I know many of them showed up to your yeah. baby shower that was at my house right. where right. not necessarily the girls on the cheer team and, and other uh, factors in your peer group mm-hmm. came. So there's a, there's few, there's three. I'm going to pimp point because I I have a a clear memory um none of these things were direct shame like I am shaming you for this thing right which is why I don't want to be like Mormonism bad right um in seminary we're learning about um LGBTQ people um I was 15 right before this lesson I had kissed a girl and we're learning how it's fine if you're gay as long as you don't act on it well 
I had acted on it. So I'm like, now I'm a sinner. Now I'm bad. Now, you know, and it wasn't like my seminary teacher pointed at me and was like, you're a sinner, right? So the shame isn't, doesn't come direct, but it is something that was brought upon me in just learning lessons. And I'm not going to raise my hand. I'm not going to, you know, be like, oh, but I, I kissed a girl, right? Because then I have my own anxiety, my own worries about what they're going to think of me. Um, and then before that, when I was 14, um, we're learning about lust and all of those things. And I went to one of my teachers in tears, like, oh, I, I love this boy. I love him. I, you know, like, <laughs> I want to do these, these things with him. And, and she was like, well, then it can wait till marriage. And, and again, it, she wasn't, it wasn't like, you're bad because you feel this way. But in, I guess, in the passive learning um, of, of the appropriate times to, and now I have my own, you know, I've gone through many hoops of celibacy and if you should wait till marriage. And we've had our own conversations in the car about that. Um, and then another, but it was just something that, that shame was, I felt it was a feeling that I had. And then another thing was um, when I was pregnant, um, seven, I got pregnant at 17. Um, when Layla's dad actually got baptized for me so that we could get married. Um, now he's totally atheist, hates, hates organized religion. So I think that's kind of funny. But um, they celebrated. Was, was, the he, was, he, was he raised in the church or Catholic or? His grandma's Catholic, but he never went to church. Okay. So, like, his family is Catholic, but, you know, he didn't but have any ties not. to religion. Okay. And he, he, he was know. never confirmed. Yeah, and he loved me. So he was like, if this is important to her, then it's important to me. She's a great quality, I think, in someone when you talk about marriage. Um, but and, and they celebrated it, right, with open arms, like, oh, we're bringing a baby. And then their follow-up question was, when are you getting married? Well, you can't you can't bring a baby into this world if you're not married. And I was like, can I graduate high school first? Like, I have a game I have to go cheer at this Saturday. Like, <laughs> you know, like I am not ready to be married. And um, at the time, his parents were going through a divorce, and he wasn't going to be able to live with his parents anymore. And so the plan was he was going to move in with with us so he could be with his daughter and and you know have a, a safe place to live. Um. And the bishop told me, no, that we couldn't live together if, if we weren't married. And I wouldn't be able to finish my repentance process until we got married. And I was like, well, what about Gabriel's repentance process? And he was like, you know, this was a, the two-man job. I didn't impregnate myself. And he's like, well, he just got baptized. So all his sins are washed clean, which I just think is, is just – silly <laughs> to me he didn't have a he didn't have any repentance process because he got baptized and I wasn't allowed to take the sacrament or teach or do anything till we got married and I, I think that I, I think on, in that case he was trying to prevent him from further because he sin. did mm -hmm. yeah so he he did get mm -hmm. baptized which did 
mm-hmm. which which did uh, fulfill his his repentance process, and that if he had moved into you, he would have had to start over in that right, thing. Right. So so, so that's a- that's that's sound advice, and it wasn't it wasn't a masculine feminine thing from 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 the bishop on on that front. But and- I think I think I get if if I want to if I was going to empathize, mm-hmm. I think Briar, what you're saying is you found the whole situation to be either like, well, you can't bring a child. And you're like, well, we already did. So now yeah. what? And they're like, well, you got to get married. You're like, well, I got to do this wicked stunt at the game on Friday. So like, yeah. I kind of got to <laughs> practice that. And I'm, we're going to do that in a minute. And they're like, yeah, no, you can't. And you're like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Right? Like, hmm. I, I can see that being a, a challenge because and you're I was trying to, but I have, a, I have a, but I have a different question though. Uh-huh. And I, I want to just, and, and I'm not trying to cross Brian, I'm not trying to cross-examine her. I just, I have a, I have a kind of like a different directional question. So like you're talking about, you're going to these different classes and they're saying, don't be, I'm just going to simplify it. Don't be gay. And you're like, well, Mm -hmm. but I kissed a girl and I don't want to talk about it. And before that they're like, don't lust. You're like, but I like boys. What if they said like, don't do drugs. And you're like, man, I just mainlined heroin. I I was going to go there too. That's that's, that was my next. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, that kind of dovetails with with the question I wanted to ask was like, were, do you think that they were wrong to kind of to hold you to these standards? And and not specific, don't focus on the don't be gay. Let's huh. just talk about the lust, but just, right? Because lust or, is broad, right? right? So right, right. lust lust can be is gender inclusive. So right? so by gender. not acting on gay is not acting on lust, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, and just which speaks to the the general question: were the were these were they wrong to uh, to to hold you to the standards of, of the organization? Um, in some ways, no. I think, I think, um, no. It's it's not necessarily wrong to say, "Hey, don't act on every lustful thought you've ever had." Um, but I think it was the passive understanding that you aren't in God's image if you act this way. I um, kind of, I wrote this poem as kind of satirical um, about how feminist men. I think she cut out. Love the concept of sex. Like. Briar, you you cut out for a second. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. And Dre, are you frozen? Now Dre froze. Oh, Dre's gone too. Y'all, y'all must have had a network hit. Yeah. Okay. Can you? You're back. Okay. If you want I to give your dad yeah. a second to see if he pops back okay. in, he's coming back in now. Hey, welcome back, Dre. I think your network took a spike. Dre, Dre can you hear us? This? Yeah, you're you're muted. Mike's not on. Yeah. Yeah. Then my dogs were barking after that and all that stuff. Yeah, I miss uh. Yeah, she you, so Briar froze and then you disappeared. She she managed to stay on and you you went all the way off and back. Yeah, and since we're on the same network. Right. Yep. Yes, people yep. listening, we are in the same house. <laughs> the call is coming from in the house. <laughs> um that's a great was... movie. It, right? It doesn't work in, in, in nowadays, right? Right. Because <laughs> what what how does that happen? Like right, yeah. Sorry, Briar. So you were saying something <laughs> about uh feminist men. I think is what you yeah. said, and then and then and then God and then God smited your network to shut right. you. Up. <laughs> so no, I'm kidding. I, I put it I put it in air quotes because I don't okay. really think that 
they're feminists at all. Right. Right. So it's like, I, I think like um, the line in the poem is like how welcoming feminist men are to their beds. Right. And this whole idea that like sexual liberation is like this feminist ideology when it doesn't serve women at all to be sexually explicit. That's interesting. I think you're onto something there. Um, and I could talk about this topic in circles because I could talk about the good things about it and I could talk about the bad things. So it's like when I, you know, left religion, I'm like, oh, I get to be, you know, explore this. There's this there's no rules, of, right? All the no all the controls are off. Yeah. And then I, you know, stumbled upon my own issues with it and and where it brings um you've run a pretty yeah. tight circle in 21 years mm -hmm. i've done a lot of deconstructing and evolving in the past three years and that's uh due to my daughter i think i was just <laughs> drunk <laughs> by, 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 by your point in your life i was just drunk a lot so if that makes you feel any better <laughs> yeah yeah i you know sometimes not when she's around <laughs> you know maybe child like services is not listening <laughs> not you this know. podcast the, the child is in a safe environment i assure you <laughs> so the uh it, it's it seems you know we're we're talking about this as a generational trend um mm -hmm. i think the broader issue is that uh this kind of speaks to why the church is dying in general. Um, it used to be that just by default, people got their values and the worldview from church. Um, that was, even if they didn't believe, that was still kind of the center of the community. The de, the de facto kind of starting right. point was was church. Yeah, yeah, and and the and the main vehicle for doing that was telling stories from the Bible. Uh, people would gather once a week, to, uh, you know, your next door neighbors, your your extended family, everybody would converge on this one building that kind of served as the the kind of the town hall. You'd hear these stories and the, the year was punctuated by certain stories. And but you all you all had that shared story that 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 the that the civilization was built on, like every civilization has its national epic or its it's uh it's religious narrative that serves as the national epic like there's the bible for the jews and and the early christians in england and there's uh the mahabharata and the ramayana in india and so on and so forth i mean every every civilization has their national epic ours was the bible along with all of the the stuff about american history and the matter of britain but we would we would get our values from that story um and that was kind of the main role of the church. The storytelling was was kind of a sacred occupation for, for all of history until like five minutes ago when we invented mass communication. And then people started gathering around the radios for stories and then TVs and movies. And now we're, we're kind of saturated with all of these different stories. We still have the church churches as these kind of vestigial organs, but and they they kind of they meet some social needs, but that main function that they used to they used to occupy it's just not we don't even think of it in those terms anymore instead we get our values from from the tv shows and movies we watch so mm -hmm. and like ryan you know, are you saying the internet killed the radio star 
something like that i'm saying the uh it, i think the internet is rotting our brains uh it, it's way not, too much. except the part spend, that this show's on that's the good part of the internet i spent turn way, this subscribe right now i, I spent way too much time on on the internet and on tiktok specifically i think tiktok is evil tiktok is the devil i agree with is, is, is the devil itself it like but um, to the it's to spreading. the uh we've never been in like gen z is the first generation to have access to this much information at once I mean, it's, it's definitely climbed, it, right? It's, like every generation the internet's really just a continuation, though, of what was already happening with TV and movies. Um, but it's so quick. It, I can Google. It, it's accelerated it for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, to extreme, I can. My daughter doesn't even understand what a commercial is. You know, we, were, but, we, we were at our grandpa's house and he still it's has. It's because y'all bougie with your YouTube premium. Yeah, but everyone is. Every, you know, that's that's. The understanding of of children of of alpha of gen alpha like that that i the ipad babies is that what they are that they're they're we're looping back around next we're out of letters yes yeah that's, that's what i understand so, alpha slash ipad gen, gen yeah iPad. i yeah i was like my baby will not be an ipad baby because those are hallelujah and don't <laughs> yeah. worry her grandparents will enforce that that's that's an easy one <laughs> you yeah. walk around slap it out of her hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, I, I I find it interesting because uh, when you, you know, last week I was just kind of looking into this topic and, and talk about why millennials were leaving the church. So that's the generation between you and me. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of them were saying, well, I believe in a higher power, but I don't, I don't need that building to go to. I can, I have a relationship with God all on my own. And so I think that this isolationist, internet be alone but still be in a group uh atmosphere that we live in is kind of lending to that so then uh the older millennials are actually having your generation and uh, the younger gen x which the three of us are are also having your generation and i think um it, it, a couple of stats that i that i saw there was i think there's too many generations for sure so neighborly faith which is also a new thing. The issue with but... our generation almost like entirely is this whole like idea of isolation, but it's also kind of great at the same time. I think it's the number one issue in dating. So we, we, we talk <laughs> about we talk about um, morals mm -hmm. and where where they're founded. But in a in a survey that that surveyed two thousand people between the ages of eighteen and twenty five. They were all in Gen Z, and um, and the and one of the the questions was, um, or the the significance of the of the survey was to see how religion um, molded community service, and I I think that lots of young people would would say that community service is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and the data show that religious younger Americans are more than twice as likely to do community work as their non-religious Gen Z counterparts. Half of religious Gen Zs uh, report volunteering in the community often or very often compared to 30% of slightly religious Gen Zers and just 21% of non-religious Gen Zers. And then when you involve a community group such as sports or a social club, those numbers jump 
and go down accordingly. So it's interesting to me that we want to leave this institution or any institution, and then our sense of community outreach, our sense of caring for one another, our sense of, I guess, a moral foundation in that realm also declines. I, that goes back to what Brian was saying, right? About that's, right. that the, 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 and, church, and, and, the church was where we got our moral baseline from. But, so the, it's, pro- it's but the problem that yeah, people without religion don't hold those types of communities. Right. And then when when you add a, another community on top of religion, like sports or a social club or dance or uh, gymnastics, some something like that, then that's a tight-knit group. And then when you add religion onto it, it gets even tighter. And the, and the numbers bear that out. As, mm-hmm. we, as we become uh, more isolated, as we become more depressed, as we have more anxiety, as, as the generations grow. Yeah, and the problem is that the church has always relied on indoctrination. Um, and it's, uh, it can't compete. It can't compete with Netflix or network television or, uh, you know, every, all the other places yeah. people are getting their values. Um, cause it's just not as effective, you know, a Sunday morning sermon, you know, an hour a week is not an effective way to indoctrinate people, but that should be, it is boring. Um, but that shouldn't even be the method anyway. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be, it, it's supposed to be about, you get a new nature. Um, it's supposed to transform you internally um, so that you have God's nature. That's what the, that's what church is for. But it's supposed, but if you look at the early church, how Christianity spread, they, they made the case for for it they explain why it's true why people should should believe it there's there's a number of verses i've collected in a couple of blog articles of uh from the book of acts where it says they you know they they went into the synagogues and they they argued and they 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 made the case they persuaded they debated they convinced of the resurrection of jesus and of or whatever or that and that jesus was the messiah and it and you saw this process of people being persuaded of the the literal factual truth of it then they put their faith in it and then they then they were transformed they they understood why it mattered today we it people people go to church to get their social needs met and they get they they, they kind of have these this weak indoctrination of these values where it, it it's you know, I, I don't know if it was ever explained why premarital sex is a no-no or why you shouldn't why you shouldn't look at people lustfully or, 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 you know, the, the, the underlying reasons for the, the conservative Christian views on sexuality. Um, I don't often see it explained. It's usually just the Bible says this, therefore that's all there is to it, but it, the case isn't made for it. It's just sort of, these are the standards that you have to comply with to, to, to be in our group. And then the social needs are not met. (laughs) <laughs> right on top yeah. of that so yeah. so i'm going to this place to get my social needs it sucks that way and they're not teaching me anything right. so why in the wide well, yeah. world of sports would i show up anymore? yeah it's, 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 the they use sticks is... and carrots to get you to comply which is if you if you go along you get your social needs met and i don't think that's wrong in and of itself 
it's wrong that that's all they do. It's merely it's, that. It's wrong as the be all end all. The, the problem, and this we've touched on this a lot on the show, um, is that they don't teach the they don't teach the why. Get the why. Get the why. Specifically, the five why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I uh, thought that's what was going on. Um, yeah. Brian's having uh, technical difficulties uh, off off camera, um, but they don't teach the why. The they, why. they don't teach the what's in it for me. Um, they just say thou shalt, and and I I think it's a combination of a poor actual understanding by those teaching it, um, and a lack of clarity as and to they what scare you with heaven to be teaching. Yeah. Yeah, right? like, well, like, but, but they scare you with hell, not with heaven. But well, I'm, yeah. well, I'm saying like you won't, you won't get in because right. you had a lust, right? Which, but which is not right. even what like, the Bible's about. But so. they don't explain. They don't explain right. what's actually going on there, right? Um, I, so I, I actually go and let's go back to a different thing. So we've used the word. All of us have said it now. At some point, we keep talking about indoctrination. Um, is indoctrination appropriate? And I'm I'm asking that as a truly open-ended question. Like, is that um, an accurate characterization of what's happening? You mean, no, or is it? No, no, no. I think it's an accurate characterization. I said, is it appropriate? No, it, it's the it's the counterfeit and opposite of education. Right. The, yeah. The church should not indoctrinate. I I agree with they that. They should educate. Now yep. there there should be it should enforce its own standards. It should you know there should I be. I'm not questioning that. Yeah. Which which, which I did which I did. Uh, appeal to as a, as a form of indoctrination before, but, uh, but it, it's, I mean, it's kind of like we were talking earlier when Briar was telling her, her bit, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they say, you know, don't be lustful, don't do drugs, don't be gay. Like saying those things is one thing, but just simply saying it over and over and over, or should they explain, Hey, here's why we don't want you to be lustful because your dumbass is going to get pregnant. <laughs> and, and plus we understand right. and you're too we, young to get pregnant right now we also understand why you do those things because i'm a human and i've been where you are and i've done those i think things that's as well I, Dre, so, I think that is so important so like don't do drugs look look man look around you right walk I down the oceanside boulevard right. and see the people who did too many fucking drugs and well, that's but, what, that can be you but, but no so, it's it's more about being open about the individuals that have broken and flawed backgrounds like i are i think human. the church needs more of that right we need more people's telling stories i'm not as interested in Briar, would you call them testimonies where you get up and whisper in your kid's ear and make, I'm, I'm more interested in having the guy talk about how I went to prison. I was a like, bad like, dude. Like jelly roll in the country music world. Right. right? Like for like, all of his brokenness like, and how he's doing such a bad job of actually telling the story. I think him as a, as a broad and he's quite broad, but him as a broad <laughs> storyboard is important. And I think there's more value in him and bunny than there is in somebody who claims to have been perfect their whole life. Well, I think uh, like, um, I'm just going to use the topic of like celibacy, mm -hmm. right? I have completely different views on that outside of the church as like a feminist. Like, like what do you mean? Then like on, on why women should be celibate. Why should they? Um, well, <laughs> I guess it's like um, kind of like man- hating terms uh, like um where men view women as like objects and as like these sexual things to conquer you aren't liberating yourself by allowing them that access hey briar 
right? So can I can I can I tell you as a man, um, and I was once a young boy. You're one hundred percent correct. There is nothing yeah. liberating about turning yourself into a sexual object. Exact, and it's because it's, it's like, um, it's like, well, I don't want to surround myself with men that have that view of me, right? That was kind of something I thought. Well, like whoever I'm having sex with won't view me that way because of the the circle I have, but that's not really realistic. And it's not really a realistic expectation to have with young men, uh, not like or old men, or just yeah. we don't get any better as we get older. Uh, and my by dad, the way, my my dad knows a lot about this story because I never shut the fuck up about this kid. But um, I like had I had issues with this this dude I was going out with because I wouldn't have sex with him, and it like uh, in his words. It, it was the root of all of our problems, but I was like, only because it was a problem for you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, I, I just, I don't, as a, as a person, as a woman, I don't want to be valued for my sexuality. I, I have a lot more to offer. And but, but that goes, I would even argue that goes in both directions, mm -hmm. if you will. It's not just about men. If you're still inclined to be, to be in the the LGBT world, it still applies. Your sexuality yeah. is not who you are. Um, and and then I would go another step further, and it's not anti man, right? Because there are going to be there are I I can only presume there are women if they're truly wired like men, they're going to have the same proclivities and the same conquering uh, personality traits. Mm -hmm. Either that, or they're not really dudes. Yeah. Um, but, and just, just how it made me feel about myself, it wasn't fulfilling. Like nothing about it was fulfilling. If anything, it just made me feel bad. And that was a, another thing we, I had talked about with him. He's like, well, it's supposed to feel good. And I'm like, well, it doesn't. <laughs> like, it, it's kind of like drugs. Like it feels good in the moment, but like, it's just something that's going to ultimately have a negative impact on my mental health there, so there's yeah there's implications there's mm -hmm. there's things at stake this sex is a high stakes act mm -hmm. yeah and, it, so, and if you and if you do high stakes activities willy-nilly then you know you are prone to be injured in some sort of way and uh, now do i think the, that i need to be married with someone before I do any sexual acts, not necessarily. Um, but I'm sorry, go ahead. But I do have boundaries and a, you know, like a, my own understanding of what I need to be met from this other person before, you know, doing like doing it. <laughs> so, so if you, yeah. so if, you, if somebody was worthy enough to meet those boundaries, and able to uh, align with the same values that you have enough that you would engage in this high stakes activity, why wouldn't marriage be on the table? Well, I, I also have my other views on marriage, but- Which uh, we had a show I, about also, but- <laughs> Yeah, but I also, those things don't necessarily align with marriage, right? We're, uh, commitment on like any level right um 
I'm just going to use using him as an example or any guy I've gone out with. Um, do you guys know the term situationship? It's a Gen Z term. It's been circulating. I can, I can, I can, I can kind of suss it out. I was an intelligence analyst, but I mean, yeah. So basically, um, what I would call him is my favorite boyfriend, which I didn't think was all that funny, but I think it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, well, we basically are like boyfriend and girlfriend, but not really because we're not putting that label on it. There's no commitment there. Right. So I guess for me, when I was discussing it with my therapist, she's like, well, your your values are compassion, respect and um, commitment. Right. So this person wasn't very compassionate towards me and my needs wasn't very, you know, what I consider to be respectful and there's no commitment. So you don't get to have this access to me in a sense. And so I don't think that all of those things mean that I need to marry this person because I also think that I can, multiple people can meet those standards for me and we can have a discussion and we can meet but, on this realm of, of vulnerability and compassion towards each other. But the main issue is that sex makes babies. Well, that's what contraceptives are for. But how'd that work out for you? Fails all the time. I mean, it <laughs> sometimes they fail. I mean, but, and that's, and then, you know, that brings up another I mean, if if you're engaging in an activity with someone that could bring about a life to not have the, to bring that life into the world without its mother and father in a committed, stable relationship to raise them, that's, I mean, that's the main issue. Um, And like all of this, it's, it's kind of like you're, you're rediscovering by trial and error, the reason these standards were, were exist in the first place and it and it kind of circles back to god not being an asshole like he actually has (laughs) these standards because he loves us so much and he he wants he 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 cares about you and you know any baby you could bring in the world into the world more than you do more than anybody does and that's why he it's that's why these standards are in place it like that goes in back to like the problem of evil and well so let me let me being ask, raped hey, and other babies let me ask you this question mm-hmm. so did your dad ever establish rules when you were a kid that you thought were wildly unreasonable and that he was an asshole for setting those rules for you not really there was no, one what about your I mom think, i think what about I think your you're mom? Looking, I think you're looking back. I think at the time, you, <laughs> yeah, I'm you saying might back disagree with in yourself. The moment. Um, I, mean, I mean, in the moment, were you ever like, I can't believe my parents won't let me do X. They're jackasses. They don't uh, know what's in up. In high school? Okay, that's because, that's all it was. Yeah, sure. But my know, point is now looking back. I wasn't allowed to do sleepovers. And you can understand why, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to date this one specific boy uh, in high school, which... I'm actually very thankful my parents set a lot of limits because right. they saved me from a lot of pain. So, 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 so my, my point with that line, with those, with that uh-huh. question is when you're in the moment, sometimes you're so close to it, you can't understand why. Yeah. Right. And you're like, this it's is like, you have BS. to like touch the stove to understand that it's hot. Right. Right. So and my... so is it not possible 
that the, the what you and Brian were just mm-hmm. discussing is the same thing with the rules that God has pres- assumably put in place for us. That well, see, my... you specifically, we mm-hmm. broadly aren't enlightened enough to maybe see why all of it, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. And then getting back to the problem of evil, like there's there's a whole different conversation that we haven't touched on with regards to free will and mm-hmm. whether or not we have the choice to make our own decisions or if we're following a programmed play that God wrote out for us. And right. my, my opinion is that most people that are just hung up on the problem of evil don't accept the concept of free will. And I think that's something to kind of think about and chew on. It, it goes back to, um, I'm trying to remember, we there was like a, it was discussed in the textbook that we read, right? It's like, well, God yeah. created free will, right? If he created of all course. things, he, he created right. free will in, in the mm-hmm. aspects of that. So right. he created the possibility for people to have evil thoughts sure. under the concept of free will. Like, why sure. would you even create a being that was capable of thinking it's okay to rape somebody? Because well, without, without bad, there can't. there's no such thing as good if there's no such thing as bad. Well, he created good and bad. So right, like, but, my, well, but my point is love. Go. So the, 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 the main concept is love, right? Right. And you've heard that the thing about if you love something, set it free. If it comes right. back, it's meant to be, all that kind of stuff, right? The, when you think about the only true love is love that's given, not love that's taken. Mm-hmm. Right? And we can't truly decide to love God if we don't have the choice to not love him. But why? Think we can't. We can't. We we can't process the right. why. Like so that's, there, that's well, my, part of it. That's part of it is our is our hubris that we think we have to be able to understand at a metaphysical level everything that God has thought about. Oh, and wouldn't the alternative be horrifying, as well? Just having no free will, having no capacity for, for love, or we're just robots. Well, according to is Neil that, deGrasse Tyson, I, we don't have free will. It's all the laws is of that physics. How we were in like that the guy. pre-existence? Is that how we were as like angels? Like, I don't know. Um, well, angels have free will. Would it? Angels have free will. Well, you've, you've heard right. of that guy called Lucifer, right? Right. I actually, well, not completely. I, it was started as a as a high school assignment, and it's something that I like dabble in every once in a while. But I was, um, it's probably the next project I want to do i only have a concept i don't have a script but i want to write a play in lucifer's perspective on that whole war in heaven type deal Hmm. and like he would be the protagonist in the story lucifer Mm -hmm. it's it's been done before i mean that's oh yeah sure that's kind of a recurring well there's a show on netflix yeah but i would write it better (laughs) <laughs> why, why would but why even, would he even the show in netflix proves that that god was actually right and lucifer was a dipshit why, even why, though he's the main character why would uh, lucifer be the uh protagonist because i think it's interesting like are you are you saying like I'm not, are you saying say he'd be saying, the hero or he would just you just tell from his perspective it would just be told from his perspective so like he's the protagonist in the sense that we're following you know the story like <clears throat> you're an editor writer i think you understand the concept that the protagonist isn't always right isn't always the hero yeah sure yeah that's 
um, gotcha. just um, told through his perspective. And Well, on a related question, you, you talked about your thesis, how God isn't the, the foundation for morality. Can you, can you, uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Um, I might need to pull up the essay. Cause I, I want to use like direct quotes from it and see if I can find it. Um, well, to think... maybe frame my question better. Um, you said that God created good and evil. Mm -hmm. uh, in truth, he didn't. He created evil is by definition a perversion of good. Um, evil, good is the standard. Evil is what falls short of it or, or twists and perverts it. God didn't create evil he created he created good and gave us free will and then we committed the evil so the the epicurean dilemma that we we mentioned before if god god can't be all good and all loving if he's he can't be all, all loving and all powerful because if he's he's either um he either loves us and hates that evil exists, but he can't do anything about it. Or um, he hates that evil exists, but he, uh, I, I'm screwing this up because I'm, I'm tired. He chooses but, not to, yeah. but he's uh, right. He, he, he either can do something about evil, but doesn't, which makes him evil, or he can't do anything about it, which makes him weak. Um, and there, in both scenarios, he's not really God. Therefore God doesn't exist according to the Epicurean dilemma. The problem with that is that uh, we're the evil that we're we're asking God to eliminate. Um, like once once you start asking God to wipe out all evil, well then, where do you? What's the standard? What's the what's the acceptable? Because everybody has some degree of evil in them, mm -hmm. and that's that's the whole point of the Bible is that he he created us perfect. Um, in the, his uh, image he, he, yeah he made us in his image and he uh we were we were we were innocent um whether you take the 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 garden of eden story literally or figuratively or allegorically whatever other there's there's truth uh -huh. in it um the tree of knowledge of good and evil i don't believe there's anything different anything intrinsic to the fruit that made it that it was just the fact that god said don't eat of that fruit uh -huh. because he commanded it now eating of it would be disobedient um the serpent tempted them told them god's holding out on you it's gonna be it's gonna be good for it's it'll be good for obtaining knowledge you won't surely, surely you die. Won't die yeah so they eat it and they're suddenly ashamed because they they know they've done evil um i think they were supposed to tell the serpent to to get lost we're not eating it and that would have then they would have their eyes would have been opened knowing good and evil because they had done the good but the whole but the the point of it is that uh you know when we're asking god to do away with evil it's really us we're asking him to do away with and the the whole point of the narrative is that he has to deal with that evil um by giving us the choice to to exercise the faith that Adam and Eve didn't exercise, um, then then we can be reconciled to Him, get a new nature. At the end of his, at the end of this stage of history, He is going to do just that. This is this is not the permanent state of the universe. It, it, it could be said that human history hasn't even started yet. Um, this is just the 
this is just the, the prologue to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the point is the Bible answers that question and the problem of evil, it does, it's not, the Epicurean dilemma just doesn't really make sense within the, it answers itself within the biblical narrative. But, as, a, um, as a point of order, man and woman weren't created in God's image. Man was, woman was a derivative of man. Just here we go. <laughs> that was for the benefit. That was for the benefit of the feminist in the room. Yes. And, and that's another issue I have. With the Let go of my rib, woman. <laughs> oh. So, so if, uh, so if I'm starting a church with my two friends here, and I want to be as inviting as possible, without without giving up my standards what would you like to see in churches today? What would Gen Z, what would bring Gen Z back what, without, what without compromising? Without... Honestly, I think it, it, it really ties back to the whole having an open view and tying religion back to having a relationship with God. Because when I think of the times I was most into going to church, it was when I had that. But I have my own now like jaded, view of God like I still I still just can't get behind well he created free will and evil is just the absence of good like I just think it's all bullshit like no offense but, sure like, but, but I, would you be would you be willing to to show up and mentor young girls on things that are hey this is the right way to view things I have this kind of experience and this mm-hmm. is this is the morally correct avenue even if let's just say we took God out of it, we just had communities of young people that look. So you have a bunch of fifteen-year-old girls that look to a twenty-one-year-old girl. What should should there be more of those communities? It's white lattes and Uno. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Or or whatever. So you know, you find a community of people that like to write poetry. Maybe maybe girls want to learn poetry and want to pick the brain of somebody who who has a couple of books written. And you could have you could hold a class every Saturday morning where they come and learn and just be good, just be safe, just uh, you know learn to observe you know life and 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 have conversation that's safe and observant conversation and not be oblivious to this world is is that something the churches should should look into? Because mm-hmm. when I when I like. I said I look back to all of my best memories of church it's was what I found in the communities within like these niche communities within the church I think that's the the strongest thing about church is the community aspect of it you know but but not the actual sitting in the pews right like I know my favorite part is when when the service is is done and you walk around and you shake people's hands and you ask them how they're doing and how their families are going. And I can't believe that I've been around this for 20 years. I remember when that girl was born, right? Type type thing. That those are those have always been my favorite things. You know, uh, we just had a trunk or treat, you know, last Saturday. And I, you know, got to watch the little kids run around and, and grab candy in a safe environment. I got to taste chili and watch people in a competition. And and we just talked about stuff that had nothing to do with anything that was in scripture yet the answers i believe when you're asked are still inspired mm-hmm. so so you there's still the spirit in that in that area in that in that in that realm 
So is, is, there a, is there a possibility that young people can come back to church if it's done in the correct manner? I think so. I, um, I follow this um, girl on Instagram and she has an, like an alternative aesthetic. So she's, she kind of looks like me. She has dyed red hair and lots of piercings. Um, and she talks about how she started going to church again and she makes videos about like modest clothing within the alternative style. Um, and she just talks about how she's like reconnecting with her faith after abandoning, um, well, I guess not abandoning, but deconstructing the whole, um, you know, I have my issues with people that are religious, not necessarily religion itself. Which, which is in every community, which you admitted, right? Mm -hmm. So don't, yeah. don't let the green grass fool you. Yeah. Don't let it change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting so do you have any yeah. suggestions on on what would what, what could be better if i if i were to start a youth group tomorrow no because no. i have no desire to no. go back to church <laughs> um but honestly i think yeah the best the best thing about church is is the community aspect of it and i think that if you know i think as people we want to feel understood. We want to feel loved. We want to feel comforted. And I think that in a lot of ways, religion and church can provide, can provide those things. Um, it just wasn't a setting that I found myself wanting to be in. So I exited. Would, would prayer help that setting for you? Prayer didn't help me. Prayer worsened my faith. How so? I got no answers. Hmm. And I know like prayer is supposed to be, um, I guess kind of like a one-sided conversation. But I also just know a lot of people, they talk about how they feel the spirit when they pray and, and whatever, whatever. And, I didn't have those experiences when I would pray and like at my lowest, I just got nothing. I, 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 is that true though? I, and here's, here's what I'm, here's my thoughts. Briar, I, I, I learned a lot about you today, right? On this, in this uh -huh. conversation. And I made the comment earlier that you've lived a, a pretty, you ran in a pretty tight circle in a pretty short period of time with regards to, I'm going to go do all this stuff. Then I'm going to realize that a lot of it didn't necessarily bring me any joy or happiness. Isn't at some level, all of those things that you learned somewhat the answer to the prayers that you were praying? Uh and, and, and as I'm asking that question, I think we oftentimes pray for very specific things, but it's really broader things that we're trying to address or deal with, if that makes sense. And there's a whole other discussion to be had about what prayer is and what those people were actually experiencing when they mm -hmm. claimed to, uh, to feel the spirit. Um, the, the Bible doesn't promise any 
any any particular feeling or any any physical manifestation of the spirit of god when you're praying you we if you're if you're unless a you're pentecostal <laughs> well if you're if you're pentecostal you're not getting that from the bible but uh but whoa. the uh whoa well, that's, well that's a, i mean that's it, a spicy take right i don't disagree with you it's just well, a spicy right. take but spicy. i mean my point is that that's the the idea that we have the spirit of god within us through our faith in jesus christ um we have him by faith he, he hasn't promised feelings mm -hmm. I, I i know that i have the spirit of god in me because i tr i put my trust in god through jesus christ because i i know god raised him from the dead and i know god is real um mm -hmm. i don't feel anything sometimes i do feel things when i pray but i recognize that that's that's my feeling that's my response to what i believe is going on between me and god it's it's not necessarily god. actually god but I, I think we, we that's another problem with with church is we turn it, you know, we, we turn God into kind of our imaginary friend um, and we sort of project our own our own values and expectations on him. And we the, the God we often wind up worshiping that way is is often just us writ large. It's we're just sort of uh, turning God into our own ventriloquist dummy and having him having him it's it's not really god it's us speaking and we're attributing mm -hmm. it to god um so you know so i'm skeptical with which isn't to say that god never talks to people or never gives any kind of validation of of the prayers but uh but i'm skeptical about it when people when people you know speak casually about how they were praying and the spirit told them this or that and they felt they felt one way or another i, I think it's I think it's self-induced most of the time, but, um, but also, uh, you know, it's, it's not, the purpose isn't to, it's not to validate our, our, our feelings or to, to necessarily to ask God for things when, when they, when they came and asked Jesus, you know, teacher, how should we pray? And he, he gave them the Lord's prayer, um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, give us this day our daily bread, etc. I mean, it's it's kind of a list of prior of prioritized um items for their attention. Like it's it's about recognizing who God is and aligning yourself with his purposes and his and his and his values and kind of it's about conforming yourself to him so that you can go out and and do as well and and live your life according to his uh according to his plan and purpose and to to do the work he has for you um if you're doing that first and foremost he's promised that he will hear you and and grant whatever you ask but that promise to grant whatever we ask is is conditional and often we don't we're not meeting those conditions. We want we want God to do things for us when we're not willing to do what well, He wants. Well, we want it to be transactional, right? We want it to be like, hey, hey, God, me again. Um, <clears throat> bills are tight. Like, I need a couple of bucks to pay rent, and like that's not. And that was the point that I was making, Briar, when I when I said, you know, mm -hmm. you you've come through a lot of realizations and you know understandings, um, and I would I would. I would hazard to guess 
that if you were to go back and isolate a lot of those prayers when you were at your lowest, they're probably highly related, you know, to your, your, your personality challenges, your, your, your gender or Mm -hmm. sexual, uh, all of that stuff was probably tied up in who am I supposed to be? What am I doing here? All of those kinds of things. Right. I'm guessing maybe not, maybe your prayers were yeah, about I mean, peace, peace in the Middle East exactly and a whole bunch of other things that, you know, were unrelated. Was, I was asking for in prayer. Right. Honestly. So I, I can't give you, I can't give you a genuine response. I can't say that you're wrong or right because yeah, I no, don't. I, I get it. Specifically remember, but I mean, I've just had a lot of my own self discovery. Mm-hmm. Now, whether, you know, as they're answering my own prayers, I don't know. But then at the same time, it's then what's God good for if I found well, my own answers? Well, Did God provide uh, those for me so, with my free so, will? Or? So, so that's, that's, that's part of the conversation, right? Like yeah. we, we, could, we could definitely, you know, chew on that and say on one hand, you might not have gone through all of those struggles if you had just followed the rules from the beginning, right? And that, that all the things you, you were told you weren't supposed to do that you did. But then as you started doing them, now that I don't think, I don't think I'd go so far as say you answered your own prayers, but he's, he's used your free will kind of in a Tai Chi way, right? He's used your momentum against you to teach you the lessons that you needed to learn. Now, some of them might've been a little bit more difficult or more painful than they're supposed to be, but that goes back with, you know, no one said it wasn't going to be painful. That's part of the process, right? Like life is a series of events. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of people that think that a perfect life is supposed to be one devoid of challenge. And that's not even remotely close to true. Like life is nothing but challenge. And if you want to ask mm-hmm. the why, spiritually speaking, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. Right? Like it's because of that moment that our lives are perpetually challenged. And well, we, I also we, think, that's what we get. Yeah. I also think like a lot of the things that I've learned about myself, like I've brought up like the topics of celibacy and and whatnot as it relates to religion but there's also a lot of self-discovery things that i've had about myself that has absolutely nothing to do with religion and just with my own mental health and anxiety and how i've chosen to have certain perspectives and decided to open up my mind and reroute my own internal monologue it's got nothing to do <laughs> with with god and religion and everything to do with just like myself how are you how are you so sure that it has nothing to do with religion and we don't have to, I'm, I'm not asking you to get into it because obviously that's probably very personal well, private stuff just... but one could easily argue that everything circles back to religion right yeah i was i was gonna say I, that I, what I you what you just answer. said is a religious statement like I have an answer, I'm just not comfortable saying. That. That's that's fair. <laughs> on that's this fair. Podcast. Just because I, I mean, I, I know my own like medical history and that's fair. That's everything. fair. Yeah. So like I do have I do have an answer on why it has nothing to do with religion, um, but. But to Matt's point, um, you know, all of that is because you have a, you have a, you have some kind of baseline understanding of what life is supposed to be and who you're supposed to be mm-hmm. with, within that context, uh, with whether, whether, whether God is explicitly a part of that or not, that is a religious position. I mean, that is a. Okay. 
I guess I, I consider myself like spiritual. Like I believe in like the universe and and whatnot and energy and believe in magic. the universe, like like in the Oprah Book of the Month Club, the universe, or just the universe, like like astrophysicists, the universe. I guess both. Like the like secret, like the like the book, the secret. Are you talking about that? The universe, like if you put positive energy out, positive energy yeah, yeah, comes yeah, back. Yes. yes. Hmm. So no. pantheism, pantheism. I don't, I don't know how that's necessarily pantheism, but well, if if the if the universe is her higher power, I I I I think that book poor is is a poor interpretation of stoicism. To be I, quite honest. I haven't read I haven't read the secret, but it's yeah, it's but it, it's it, it's stoicism. But that's it's, all it is. It's predicated on the idea that the universe has agency. I I know. I know what it, I know what I know what people take from it. I'm telling you, it's a poor interpretation of stoicism. Basically, it's if you walk around looking for problems, you find problems. If you walk mm -hmm. around looking for beneficial good days, you're going to have good days. It's literally stoicism turned into a, yeah, into a modern feel-good book. When the girls talk about manifesting and whatnot. Um, yeah, but, what's that lucky girl manifesting your lucky girl or whatever? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. All about that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I get it. But that's really all that is. If you walk mm -hmm. out every day and you're like, "I'm lucky. I'm going to manifest my lucky girl," then everything good that happens, you're going to you're going to point to. That's oh, because dude. I'm a lucky girl. Girl. But but if you walk out going, "I'm a piece of crap," and the universe is going to shit on me today, then every that little is. thing that happens, you're like, "See, see." <laughs> you know? It, that's all that is. And that's literally stoicism. Mm. In, in my opinion, like, and maybe I'm oversimplifying stoicism and my apologies to all of the great stoics out there, but <laughs> I haven't read up on stoicism in a while. I'm, I love me some stoicism. Yeah. Uh, I, I have read to up take your that. word for it. The oh. first, sto the first stoic I ever met was staff Sergeant Ethan Givens. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. He, he didn't know he was a stoic, but he was. He, yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, our, uh, our 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 platoon motto, Brian, was, "Do you want a straw?" That's what he would always say when you would complain. I suck it and, up. And then the first time somebody goes, "What? Why do I need a straw?" So you can suck it up. And, and then it was like, "Oh, Corny. really?" And then Don't every time, always, man, why we got it? What you want a straw? Shut shut up, man. <laughs> like that was just the conversation constantly. And he talked at this pace. He did. This is the pace, even when he was excited. So I am really angry at all of you. But right he was now. really mad he talked like that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was First a stoic. Of all, that was a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> my wife said that Jean-Claude Van Damme was buff. And I was like, what woman? So I took my shirt off and I was like, this is buff. <laughs> Hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm right. give it. Well, I, hey, I, so I wish so, I met him. So, Briar, this is what we do when we start to hit our limit for a show. <laughs> so, I'm I'm learning our own style. Um, so it's we're right at two hours. Um, did we say anything that, or did is there anything that we didn't ask that you wanted to talk about, or any mm -hmm. point you didn't get to clarify? Oh, one thing we talked about uh, bringing a child into the world. Oh, yeah why they shouldn't you know have a mother and father that are married well i guess like an example i have is is my situation we aren't married and i think that we are great parents to her and um we made the decision 
to not get married as we saw flaws in our relationship. Um, and both coming from parents that went through divorces that handled them differently and having friends that have parents that probably should have gotten divorced that didn't and taking into account, um, you know, how that affects our child and how that affects us and, and what is going to bring our happiness, marriage wasn't the answer. And um, Layla's very village raised. <laughs> you know, she, she has me, her dad, her grandparents. She's influenced and raised by this entire community of people that really support her. And I don't think our situation would be better if we were married. I don't think um, I, it wouldn't be a happy marriage. It wouldn't be fulfilling. Um, so it just ties back to the whole, well, if these people meet your standards, why wouldn't you marry them? Because I think that I have different. Well, I think uh, the question was asked differently though. Mm -hmm. I think, I think don't want to, you know, I don't have, I don't have an opinion on what the other part, other about your child being raised. Cause it's your kid. And I mean, I, mm -hmm. I trust that, you know, specifically your mom and dad are doing his best job. They can't helping you and all that kind of stuff. Um, no, I think the point about the marriage thing was more of if your physical relationship is one of the most extreme things that you possess, then wouldn't it make sense that if you were going to have set the bar so high such that you were exclusive about who you choose to share that with, then wouldn't that person ultimately meet the same bar for marriage? And if so, why not combine those two things rather than treat them as separate transactions? I think that was more the point of what the question mm -hmm. was trying to ask. Brian, is that Because I don't... Well... I know you tied it to a different, then you went, and by the way, the only point of sex is, is childbearing. Well, but, I, I didn't but, say that, but that is a, that is an inevitable outcome. And reaching the bar was, was my question. Yeah. I, I was trying I to combine the two together. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It yeah. Were, yeah. Because I don't, my, my bar for, I guess, allowing a person this sort of access to my body isn't the same bar I have for marriage. Why, why not? Um, Going back to your your boss bitch feminist man hating stuff. Yeah. Like like what's I mean, what's higher I than that? that? I think that I can establish a a respectable relationship with a respectable person to share this sort of intimacy with without wanting to spend without making the end all be all commitment of being with this person so I, I for the this, rest of my life. So I asked this with love. How's that worked out for you so far? Okay. Well, and my point is, you know, it's not that the whole, I didn't say that the whole point of sex is to have babies, but that, that is the expected outcome. I thought you did say that. I didn't No, I just said that no, sex makes, I just said that sex makes it's babies. That's, that, that's the, Oh, I thought you said and, it was the point. And it's why the, it's high stakes. And the, it's why it's high stakes. Right. right. And, and I I mean but the, then we but talk the about... point is right, but the marriage was invented precisely because that's the case. And so people I mean, if you're if you're engaging in this behavior that's that's very likely to bring about a life, you're you know, I I have no doubt that you're a, a great mother and the 
your your daughter's father is doing a great job. I, I have no reason to think otherwise. But that's that's still that's still less than the ideal. That's still the ideal is still both parents living together in the household in a committed relationship. Agree. All of human history has before us has agreed that that is the ideal. That's the that's the absolute best way to to raise kids. And I mean, you can by trial and error, you'll I'm confident you'll you'll arrive at the same conclusion eventually. But that's 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 the wisdom of countless generations of humans. And the the point of so basically they don't they don't want people bringing kids into the world without both without both parents there to take care of it. Um, women getting pregnant without a commitment from a man, it's very costly biologically and financially and and every other way huh. men men can scatter our seed far and wide and it's and it's it's very cheap and easy and we can abandon them and just keep doing it which is why traditionally women women are the gatekeepers of sex and men are the gatekeepers of relationships if men can get the sex without the relationship and without that lifelong commitment we'll do it. We'll, we'll have sex with women. We hate because it's, because it's sex. That's how did, did Brian just turn into Andrew Tate? <laughs> um, the, I think Andrew Tate's a trigger word for Brian. That's, that's the for, worst for thing you've ever said to me, Yes, but that's just biological reality. I mean, but marriage is there to protect women and the children. Um, and you're too don't need it. You um, might not specifically, but would you would you contend that your situation is the norm for young single mothers? Having having the community, the, the the village, I mean, your honestly, the, the... yeah, I do because I think that my my child, I think village raising, and we look at all sorts. No, I, I, I meant statistically. I mean statistically. statistically. Like, do you think that you are a statistical like the the the, the standard? for oh, girls no. that get pregnant in high school i think lots of lots of like if my boyfriend before layla's father had gotten impregnated me it would have been a completely different that's, story that's what i'm trying to get if at so, a, so right so you, so you being in a fortunately lucky situation, situation makes you an outlier not and you not the standard. you made the the best of the situation so by you foreseeing that the marriage wouldn't work you made a decision not to be married but if the marriage would work it, it'd be ideal if the marriage worked. If the marriage worked, well, but it, it would doesn't. Be so ideal you're making the best would, of the you're making the I best of the situation to, that you have right now. It would be ideal because I would want to be married to him, right. and I don't think it would necessarily be ideal because marriage is the best way to raise a child. But you're thinking of marriage primarily as a way to meet your needs. It, it's it's primarily to meet the children's needs. That's, that's why it, if it would, if it wasn't about children, we would never, we never would have invented marriage. I mean, if, if we could, if this, if this uh, fantasy we have today about consequence free casual sex were, were real, if that was, if that was possible, marriage never would have been invented in the first place. But you don't think people marry each other simply because they love each other? No. Um, but as, about as, as, that as a, or don't as a, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about individual people's motivations. I'm talking about historically why the institution was invented. Historically, the institution was invented because sex makes babies, and you know, pardon me being 
blunt here, but but bastards are bad for society. The, the reason bastard has a negative connotation beyond just the denotation is that having lots of kids out of wedlock that that leads to social problems. Every social problem we have can be traced back to that because of our our lax views of sex from the pet since the uh, the sexual revolution. Um, but but Briar, to answer your other question, when you consider you know roughly fifty percent of ma- marriages fail, if you were to look into the number the percentages of marriages that don't involve children, that statistic that that divorce rate's a whole lot higher. There's not a lot of people that just get married, don't have kids, and then they just live together blissfully, right? Like there's a whole bunch uh, of marriages that or stay together because a of the lot kids. of marriages that have babies to keep their marriage going, which I don't that's think is- right. There's a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of divorces that happen after the yeah. kids are grown and out of the house. But that proves but Brian's have- point. But it also I, proves like I didn't I, actually like you. Something so. I've been saying, but I've, I've like maybe my my view on this will change in ten years. I don't think I will ever be married. I don't currently in this time. I have no desire to be married to anyone, especially with the men that are in my generation. None of them seem fit. Maybe you need to get outside to Oceanside. Maybe. <laughs> but, I didn't uh, mean you know. physically leave. I meant but, date from guys that aren't from the area. Is oh, what I've I meant. heard that too. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's. I think it'd be fair to say, Briar, that you're a, a bit of your position is probably premised on you're viewing your current situation and you're being somewhat proud of how you've worked it out to, to drink to your dad's point mm-hmm. and, and not, and that's not inappropriate or not undeserving. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't think that means that your situation, if you could have picked it would have been the best way to pick it. I think is what we're trying to say. Right. It, it's the argument of if you could, well... become if you could become a, a, a pregnant child in high school or you had picked a, a a spouse, waited until marriage, and then had the kid. I think even you could admit that if you're rolling dice and playing a statistical game, that second option is going to have a higher likelihood of success than the first. I don't like this hypothetical because it has the connotation that I wouldn't want to have my daughter in and the time I want I to don't, have her. That's, that's off the table. Like I get what right. you're saying. So, and I appreciate so that like, as a parent. I, I, that's off the table. I, I don't feel comfortable answering this question because it, it holds this connotation that it premises you not I having Layla. And that's daughter because yeah. I had her at a young age when I could have had her when I was, you know, do you see that's like, fair. The, that's, fair. that's entirely fair. I can respect yeah. that. That's for sure. Yeah. So. I, res- I respect that. That's, that's, that's a, that's a fair answer. So that's, my answer to that yeah and 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 my point isn't to say hey you should have waited till you were married before you before you had your daughter Uh, i'm 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 just i'm just explaining why these standards are there in the first place and that's i mean i'm kind of Mm -hmm. like there i mean i've also i've had i've had um this is awkward my dad on here but i've had other earmuffs earmuffs drink earmuffs uh sexual relationships with men that i haven't necessarily regretted or like oh they don't deserve to have access to my body because we um discussed things that i think were important to discuss and we met each other with with this mutual understanding of what our relationship was to each other 
and what that means. And I think that's my standard. And and you for, didn't get pregnant. And I didn't get pregnant. Yeah, that's so. you know, I'll I'll say that because of your situation and because there's a lot of people that love you that we jumped into action mm-hmm. right so so it's a it's a different thing if if you know if it was five or ten years from now and you got like we would still be proud and we'd still be grandparents but our involvement and the hands-on um situation that 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 we jumped to to include uh gabriel's parents as well and his whole family and the daycare that she goes to and this village that you that you speak of villages jump to the occasion and you're super fortunate that you had that many people love you and this incredible life got brought into the world that that we would have no other way no way would I go back and say, I wish it wasn't that way? Because when you look at the little girl, that's, that's just what it is. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, if there, if you didn't have your village or if your village didn't give a shit about you and there's plenty of young women that, that have that situation. Yeah. So you're fortunate on so many, so many levels. And I just hope that, uh, that you you have the appropriate gratitude to that. I'm not I'm not saying you need to be uh-huh. uh, uh, you know have gratitude to me per se, but just that your situation that you have enough people that love you uh, to right. to make that happen to even give you this point of view where you believe that a village is the way to to raise your daughter because the village stepped up for you. Yeah, I think this ties back to the whole topic of what would bring youthful people back to the church and the idea of community. So I think here what I value is community. And we talk about, you know, the best way to to raise a child is, is through marriage. I don't agree. I think it's through community. And I I guess that's my view on most things. And that's my view on religion and, and just bringing people together in general and, and what love is, is through this community binding. That's, that's fair. But that community is made up of married people. I mean, marriage, marriage created that village that. Well, my parents weren't married for a very long time. And Gabriel's parents aren't married. And the women that run the daycare, a lot of them aren't married. Um, Okay, but I'm not married. (laughs) Okay, but you're you came into the world when your parents were married. I mean, you had that that's I mean, that support structure they exists. Had issues in their marriage. Everybody has we, issues. We did have issues. <laughs> we, we didn't I mean that's but but you you were definitely created out of love and mm-hmm. and you were an absolute top priority. I mean, and your mother I was just your mother was telling me today can... that she lived specifically for you I know on so many things and and you you didn't lack you know for for a thing. But I, I think that creating things out of love can exist outside of marriage. Because my daughter um, was definitely created out of love. I I loved this man, right? Like I truly did. He's my first love, he's my high school sweetheart. But, but you were also created in, into stability. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
because where because there was no village around us when you were born. We lived overseas. So I'm not I mean, saying that marriage is terrible and no one should get married. I'm just saying I don't think that is the solution. Well, Everyone. I think I think a lot a lot has to go into understanding what marriage is and and what it's for. Uh, the, and we kind of lack that mindset today. We think of where we tend to think in terms of our own gratification and not uh, not the not the ultimate purpose of of marriage and these communities and relationships. So, what is the ultimate purpose of marriage? Well, I mean, I mean, well, we the, the number one reason why people get divorced is because that person doesn't make me happy anymore. I am no longer fulfilled by that person. Right. So it's all about me, 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 me. Yeah. And the, the, you know, when you're, when you talk about it, uh, you know, having it built out of love rather than marriage, um, as if those two things, as if those are mutually exclusive things, I mean, the, the kind of love that should bring, that, that, sh that brings children into the world should be long, should be permanent commitment love. That's what marriage is. It's not the it's not the it's not the license or the ceremony. It's the two people committed to each other for life because they brought a life in, into the world and they're they're there for each other to raise that life. That's that's the whole that's the point of marriage. And saying that it was it's built out of love, not marriage, it kind that kind of misses the point. Um but we don't we don't bring that mindset to marriage today. We kind of think of it in terms of how it's going to gratify us as individuals. Um, and that's, I don't that's, think though that keeping a marriage for the child is beneficial for anyone if there's no love there. I agree with you. Um, like, I, I don't think like oh it's it's because we love this child that we're together. But if happiness so, is so is don't just fall out of love. In, to... <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I know that's easy to say, but, done, I mean, but it happens. But, but it, you have to work at it. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I am a 47 year old bachelor. I, I realized saying this, but, but I, mean, uh, I don't see the purpose in that when both people, not just myself, we are happier individuals, not married and we would be miserable married. So what what's the benefit then? That doesn't benefit the child, that doesn't benefit the situation, that doesn't benefit anybody. Um well, and it again it speaks to a deeper problem of uh you know why why do we why do people have so much trouble with marriage these days? And I think it's because of the the values and expectations we bring to it and uh which is a, a whole other conversation. It's a separate show, which we've already done yeah. once. And we're, and we're, we're starting to bog down in which this I, one. I, yeah, I yeah, I for sure. I agree with you on that. And, and this is why I don't <clears throat> see myself being married anytime soon. Okay. All right. Um, so well, I'm uh, out of... Oh, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was just going to say how I'm out of questions. Is, okay. Does anybody else? Briar, is there anything, uh, anything you want to shout out? Something... People, where, where, where do people get to you and are your DMs open there? Um, yeah, so my Instagram is the same thing as my TikTok. It's Briar R. Rose, um, as it's spelt on display with the R and then 
Rose. Um, my DM settings are strange, so they're technically not open to everyone. Okay. Uh, I, I only get them if we follow each other. Um, but my comments are open. Um, and you post content every day, so people I, would be able to see you, right? Yeah. All right. So, Briar, um, thanks for being on. This was this was yeah. uh, it was fun. It, it's I fun in our own guys? way. I, I think we you? definitely we definitely took have some stuff to take away. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for Brian and say that maybe in a couple of months we'd like to have you back on for a follow up, uh, kind of in a more specific slant around the 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 religious side of this rather than kind of the okay. broad you know Gen Z stuff. I mean, like I said, I'm speaking for Brian. My my instincts tell me that there was a whole like apologetics path he wanted he wanted to go off into, but it wasn't the point of this episode. Mm-hmm. Am I am I correct, Brian? I was just I, I was on the edge of my seat to see to see what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> were, were you going to say that? Um, not exactly. I mean, but I, I do think um, I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a, a delicate way to put this. Um, I the uh, you know, the, talking about Mormonism within the context of Christianity, I think a lot of people at home are are going to be, you know, they're they're going to. I think that needs to be commented upon. We're not we're not saying this, or at least I'm not discussing this as if Mormonism is and Christianity are one and the same thing. We we know. Um, I didn't want to gloss that over, but I didn't, I didn't want to make too fine a point of it either, but, um, but it was, uh, you know, there, there are other topics we could have branched off into and I guess an, an apologetics, uh, tangent would have been, uh, would have been one of them, but, uh, yeah, close enough. Right, this, uh... <laughs> no, not at all. This is what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> I, uh... I, I didn't I didn't know how this would go, um, you know, because I'm I'm really close to this to this thing to this this person this emotionally a, and physically. Yeah, right, yeah, and uh, you know, this is this is a human being that uh, confirmed and affirmed what my idea of unconditional love is. So, regardless of anything that she said here or has said in the past, none of that changes uh, how how I think and and uh, and feel for for this beautiful young lady and this beautiful young soul um clearly one of my favorite people on earth and um and with that i will say stay enlightened stay curious and we'll catch you next week thanks everybody